Focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. All right. Welcome to our week 10 podcast. Week 10 review. Week 11 preview. This is Processing College Football, the college football podcast specially designed to educate and entertain. With me, as always, Mark, our college football oracle, oracle at Delphi, maybe. And I'm Jason, your college football Hercules. I think just because Hercules went to the oracle or something. But let's be honest, I do all the heavy lifting on this show. So, every week we process the highlights of the college football world. And I make Mark explain everything I do not understand, which is usually significant, but... Everything sort of made sense this week. Um, you know, both teams that I cheer for had giant blowouts. So uh, everything is as it should be in the college football world. Um, apologies to LSU fans out there. But, uh, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, we uh, we had a great time watching the game together. We were able we to. We sure did. My son and I were able to make it up to NYC. Yeah. And watch I mean, the game in the in the tent. Yeah. Normally, I watch the games uh, with a little doll that I created of you, um, but this time I, <laughs> I had you there in real life, um, oh, and man. I hid yeah, the doll in the drawer so you wouldn't see it. I wonder why I get those sharp pains in the middle of the game sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, I actually don't have any terms to define or questions I want you to answer, but, uh, well, maybe I do. Okay. So I guess oh. here's my question is this is a Tuesday that we're recording again and that means that the college football playoff committee is coming out with its second week ranking. Uh-huh. Do you think there will be any major changes to their rankings for say the top six teams? Now obviously LSU lost, LSU will drop, we knew that, but everyone else in the top seven won their games. So does LSU just drop out of the top six and everyone else moves up? Uh, do you think any teams maybe will leapfrog other teams based on their performance this weekend? I don't know. Uh, and then outside of the top six, do you think maybe Ohio State will just fall to 25 because they barely beat Nebraska? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Yeah, obviously LSU will drop uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know that I see him dropping outside of the top ten just because college football's crazy this year. Sure. But um, I don't see a huge change. I mean, I th- I see the top. You know, if you take out LSU, you just shift everybody up. I see it basically remaining the same. Okay. Um, a, a little outside of the top six, I might see West Virginia making a jump up uh, because of their win against Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were, I think they were maybe at. Well, I don't know what the playoff committee was, but well, they were, West they were Virginia, 13. yeah, they were 13. was thirteen. Yeah, playoff committee. Um, Texas was seventeen. So yeah, so I think they'll make a little bit of a jump because that was a pretty good win. It was a mm-hmm. fun game to watch. Um, but other than that, I don't. Uh, I think they'll basically remain the same. Now there was some talk about because 
Michigan had such a dominant victory this weekend over a ranked opponent, mm-hmm. whether or not they would they were ranked number five, whether or not they might leapfrog Notre Dame, who had kind of a mediocre win over a mediocre team. Um, but I guess the complicating factor in this scenario is that Michigan has one loss, and the one loss is to Notre Dame. So it's yeah. probably unlikely that they move over them. It's unlikely, uh, partially for that reason, even though that was at the beginning of the year, and so the teams are very different. But I think both teams have actually gotten better. You know what I mean? So even if you're looking at the head-to-head and thinking, well, maybe Michigan actually has gotten better. Uh, Notre Dame with a change of quarterback, I think they've gotten better as well. And Michigan's kind of on the rise, but they've had their lackluster games this season as well. Uh, but given what Michigan State did or Michigan did to Penn State, um, I can see the committee putting them over Notre Dame right now, saying this week Michigan's the, the third-ranked team in the country. Uh, but I suspect that it'll be the three undefeated teams from the Power Five and then Michigan mm-hmm. uh, and then Georgia. And then most All likely right. Oklahoma. All right. So for those of you out there keeping score at home, Mark and I did have the top rankings pretty close to correct. Although, Mark, I think you were uh, 100% correct on your top six. I did have Oklahoma, who ended up being number seven. I, uh, I am the Oracle, Jason. You are the Oracle. <laughs> That's right. All right. So uh, before we get into the review, if you have questions you want us to answer, topics you want us to discuss, or terms you want us to define, Send them in. You can get us on Twitter at ProcessingCFB or email us ProcessingCollegeFootball at gmail.com. Mark, are you ready to review this week? I am Let's do this. So our Week 10 review, we're going to start right at the top. We have number one ranked Alabama, who is a 14.5 point favorite against the number three team in the country, LSU. So... As I said, this was 14.5 at kickoff. Alabama wins this one 29-0. So this is actually kind of a funny score, I think, because it sure didn't feel... I mean, I don't know about you, but it didn't feel to me like this was uh, this big of a win, but it was. It doubled the projected spread at the start of the game. So I think there there um, there was some anxiety tied up, and it also took Alabama a little bit of time to get going. Um, I think they were, what, nine or so towards the the end of the first half against uh, LSU. Most of their points came in the the second half. But anyway, I think there are a few storylines to come out of this game. One, Alabama has a stout defense. Two, Tua is not 100%, and it may not matter until the SEC championship because, well, C.1. But uh, three, Alabama's kicking is inexplicably bad. And four, unbelievable. Coach O, maybe not the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> yeah, this is typically what happens when you go against the greatest coach of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the – I definitely think the storyline coming out of it on the positive end is Alabama's defense for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, to hold LSU to, to zero points is um, pretty impressive. But the way that they did it, uh, is even more impressive. You know, I've had question marks about their ability to stop the run. And, I mean, they shut them down. I think LSU had 12 total rushing yards. And throughout yeah. a good chunk of the game, they had negative rushing yards. 
think that's 12 rushing yards on 25 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was awesome. Uh, the other thing that continues to be impressive, so this isn't a difference, but it's just when you add a stout run defense, in addition to the defensive lineman, the interior defensive lineman, to get a solid pass rush, I mean, <laughs> Quinnen Williams, Isaiah Bugs, they are just dominant up front. And, I mean, Coach O was talking about it after the game. They, just, Alabama's defensive line just dominated LSU's offensive line. And they're, and when that happens, your running can't, can't do anything. Quarterback doesn't have time to throw. Um, and so it was it was a, an impressive defensive effort, uh, especially by that defensive line just shutting things down at the point of attack. And so that that's really exciting to see because when Tua has what would be you know a pretty normal game like he did against LSU, um, instead of you know these crazy numbers and scoring efficiency sure. that he's had, uh, to me it's like okay, well there's hope that our defense can actually shut some people down. Now LSU's offense isn't anything to write home about necessarily, but if you remember the Georgia game where LSU just dominated them, uh, LSU, they ran the ball 51 times and for several hundred yards. And so it's, I mean, Alabama <laughs> shut them down, um, you know, at LSU. And so that, that to me was extremely impressive. I think you're right, you know, on the negative side coming out of it is I continue to think they just lie to us about the health of Tua. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when he has to run the football, Every time he comes up limping, um, it didn't stop him from making a pretty sizable touchdown run at one point. It did, it did, but he did um, look like he was limping. But then he came up after it, kind of hobbled. Um, but I mean, apparently during the run, he had the speed to run away from LSU's defense, which is rather impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know about his health, and that's coming off a bye week, you know, where he's got time to get healthy, and he didn't get knocked around. Too bad, I don't. Too badly, I don't think. I thought our offensive line held up pretty well, but and then the other thing is just the kicking game is just crazy. I mean, what in the what in the world is we, going? We on? talked about this at some length, and I still cannot come up with any logical explanation for why it's so bad. I don't think anybody can. It makes absolutely no sense. So they missed a field goal and an extra point, or did they miss two extra points? Two extra points. Unreal. Which so extra points, and then after he made a field goal, she's like, "Oh, maybe we're back." He kicks the kickoff out of bounds, almost like directly out of bounds. Just terrible. It's like, what is happening? Just, oh, it was bad. It makes no sense because the the success rate for extra points is well over ninety percent, and I think closer to like ninety six or ninety seven percent. So the fact that Alabama missed two in one game. Is crazy, and I remember there was this meme. I don't know last year or the year before, where on Alabama's indoor practice field they had the the uprights, oh, and then to the left of the uprights they had all of the numbers of the years that Alabama claims championships like hung up, yeah. <laughs> and the meme was Alabama's kicker is going to knock all those numbers down. Oh, yeah. Basically implying that he would not get it through the uprights, which was a joke, but it was very, very well, accurate. It's also I think. very serious. How yeah. mostly we all felt. So, anyway, this was really supposed to be Alabama's first real test. Uh, the common refrain prior to this game was, you know, who has Alabama played all year? 
but now they played LSU and they shut them out at home. And I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say, but beyond that, Alabama appears to be elite, and maybe there aren't any other elite programs this year. Um, I still think Georgia can probably give Alabama a run for their money and even beat them maybe two out of every ten times. Uh, and Clemson is the only other team that I, I think that you know would be remotely competitive. Uh, and and even them, I think maybe only three or four out of ten times if they played each other. Uh, yeah, I think you know the uh, there's a couple things you know going into the game LSU was going to be Alabama's biggest test a lot of people were talking about the Devin White situation going into the game yeah. I don't think anybody was really talking about it coming out of the game because <laughs> when you score zero points it doesn't matter right. if he's there or not um, and it was pretty even in both halves when Devin White came back in the second half uh, Alabama still basically did what they did in the first half uh, I think Alabama did get a touchdown toward the end of the half and it was 16 nothing at halftime but um, you know, Devin White just was not going to make a difference in this game. Uh, and, you know, if you ask the question, who can beat Alabama? Um, maybe Michigan with their defense, if their defense is playing lights out. I don't know if they have the offense to keep up. Georgia, I, they're just starting to look a little more average all the way around. They're, they're, they're good in every phase of the game, but they're not really great. <clears throat> In any one phase, and and then I think there's Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. That I mean, they when they're firing all, all cylinders, uh, I think they could they could run with Bama. And so it's it's pretty incredible what Dabo's doing at Clemson, um, kind of keeping keeping step with what Saban's been able to do at Alabama. And so I mean, we could have round whatever it is, twenty five of Alabama Clemson here. Uh, in the playoff, which would be, uh, I think, a lot of fun. But, yeah, I think you're right. Clemson is about the only team that right now I think could, could hang with Alabama. Now, if Tua goes down and is unhealthy or whatever, then yeah, that, that changes the formula, especially since Jalen also isn't healthy. Right. But, um, you know, that's another thing coming into this is I think it, in this game would have been where you could have seen the playbook really open up with Tua and Jalen on the field at the same time. <clears throat> and I bet they would have had some packages for that, but. Um, since Jalen's ankle was hurt, in the pregame there was a camera on him and he looked extremely hobbled, uh, like yeah. kind of barely able to jog at all. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of monitor the health of the quarterbacks moving forward because I don't think that Mac Jones can get it done against Clemson. Um, <laughs> maybe not against Mississippi State or Auburn either, but uh, we'll see. So I mean, I think Alabama's looking good. Um, they should they should win out and win the rest of their games and get to the playoff and hopefully get healthy and we'll see what happens from there. Agreed. So just a couple other notes about this game. This was the first game all season that Tua actually played uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he played the whole game. Uh, and then this is also the only game of the season in which Alabama did not score on the first drive. Although they were pretty close, but anyway, so yeah, I think the, the, congrats I mean, to LSU. It's, it is it is a good point. Early on, and I, I think I mentioned this to you when we were watching it. Tua definitely looked rattled by the crowd and the atmosphere. Uh, the noise definitely got to them. Communication was bad on offense. He looked a little rattled. That's the first time I'd seen that all season. So kudos to not only LSU's defense, but the crowd, the noise, the atmosphere. 
everything that went into creating that really did affect Alabama, especially um, in the beginning and uh, contributed to a slow start uh, for Alabama. Oh, and the other thing about uh, the game was when Tua wasn't, you know, he wasn't in it, he didn't have his pinpoint accuracy and the deep ball wasn't really there. Um, the, the LSU defensive backs were really tracking with our wide receivers really well. I thought that was the most impressive thing by far that LSU did the entire night. But the running game for Alabama was there. Yep. And so it, it sort of looked like um, it, it looked a little bit more like an old Alabama team where you rely on the run and defense to win. And then you have a two is still more than a game manager in this game, but we only scored 29 points, you know. Uh, but man, the running game and defense was was there, and so not only it was is it kind of hopeful looking toward the future in terms of man, the defense can really step up and stop somebody, but it was also hopeful in terms of and the running game uh, looked phenomenal, and so with Damon Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, kind of running the show, um, man, if we need to in the future rely on the running game and defense, we can. So now the question is, how in the world do you stop Alabama? Maybe you can't. That seems to be the narrative that's formed. So we shall see. Still a lot of season left. All right, but we should move on because we do have a number of games to talk about. So let's talk number seven, Georgia, nine and a half point favorite at number nine, Kentucky. Final score here. 34 to 17. We were right. Vegas was wrong. You and I both talked about how this was kind of an inexplicably low spread. Uh, and we didn't think that the game would be the, that close, and it really wasn't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. We were watching part of this. And one of the – I don't know if you saw this. One of the, the stats at the bottom said – that Georgia is 9-0 and in games in which DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown. And I'm like, well, how many games has he even played in? <laughs> Probably those nine. And, I mean, and he just didn't score a touchdown against LSU, I guess. So it seemed like a useless statistic. I think somebody was putting it up there just to amuse themselves. Anyway. Well, the, I think Bama now has their game plan to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's just right. Don't Stop let DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Swift. Anybody else can score touchdowns. Just not that's him. right. And as many as they want because as long as DeAndre that's right. as long Swift as he does not. Score, we're totally fine. Yeah. But actually, I think he scored, he scored two touchdowns in this game. So uh, kudos to him. With this win, the SEC championship game is set. A rematch of the national title, Alabama versus Georgia. Uh, kind of ridiculous, really, considering we're like a month out uh, and considering Alabama still has two conference games left and Georgia still has one, but they're both already locked, so uh, we can look forward to seeing that, regardless of whether or not these teams both completely fail to win another game. They're definitely competing for the SEC championship. Do you have anything else to comment on this game? Uh, no, this is, no, they are who right. we thought they were. Yeah. So then we had number thirteenth ranked West Virginia playing at Texas, number seventeenth ranked. Texas was favored in this game by two, and the spread was actually very close, 
Final score here, 42-41 to 41 West Virginia. This was probably the game of the weekend. Uh, close game here. Ended in a really exciting and dramatic fashion. The awesome. score was 41-34. to 34. Texas was leading with less than a minute on the clock, but West Virginia was driving. Will Greer, West Virginia's quarterback, just darts a 33-yard touchdown pass uh, to Gary Jennings. It was right – it was in motion. He was in the back of the, the end zone. Um, he gets like one, maybe two steps in, and he's being pursued by like two defenders, but uh, good on Will Greer. He, he nails it. And so the score is 41-40, to 40, and West Virginia could easily kick the extra point. Their kickers are more accurate than Alabama's, I'm guessing. They'd almost have to be. And they could send it into overtime, but Dana Holgerson, West Virginia's coach, and train yard hobo decides to go for two, uh, which they make. Okay, they get the two-point conversion, but it comes back because of some flag of some sort. Um, I think it was, uh, I think uh, the Texas coach called a timeout. Called a timeout before That's the what play. It was. Technically yeah. right before the play got off, but um, yeah, I thought that was pretty lame. It was definitely lame. So anyway, it does come back, and you think, well, that's it. They're, they're not they're not going to try again for a two-point conversion. Uh, you know, they're just going to do the extra point, they're going to try to win in overtime. But, you know, Holgerson is a scrapper because if you're a train yard hobo, you kind of have to be. And he goes for two again, and Will Greer just runs it in. 42-41. to 41. Uh, th- This is the game. There's like 16 seconds left on the clock. Um, and Will Greer does like a horns down to mock Texas, I guess, and gets a penalty, which is bizarre, but whatever. West Virginia wins this one. So I, I really would like to see them ranked higher. Um, because they're kind of a fun team, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Te- the, Texas is back. Did it again? <laughs> West Virginia's back from where I'm not real sure, but the uh, yeah, uh, the end of this game was amazing. The touch, the last touchdown pass from Will Greer was just an unbelievable throw. It was beautiful, and then to go for two twice was just awesome. And make uh, it both times. Oh, yeah. Loved it. And, and the call, the second one. So the first one was kind of what you would expect from a West Virginia offense, like a little slant route, quick slant route, just throw it inside and you get the two-point conversion. Um, and so that was like your play that you had called to do it. And then they called a quarterback run, which was just uh, so good. I loved every second of it. Um, yeah. My apologies to the Longhorn fans, but, man, that was beautiful from the Mountaineer. So – that was a, yeah, I think that might have been the game of the week, um, especially in terms of entertainment. Sure. All right, but it wasn't the only other game we have to talk about. We do have to talk about number four going <laughs> against unranked Northwestern, an eight-point favorite. Final score here, 31-21 to 21, Notre Dame. So they do cover, but th- this game to me is exactly why Notre Dame at four doesn't make any sense. Notre Dame at one point was up like 21 to seven, and then they let Northwestern get two more touchdowns while they get like a field goal to bring the game back within three. Uh, Northwestern, they're, they're not a bad team, but goodness, they're like five, four. I think, I guess they were five, three before this game. They lost to Akron and Duke, and they had to go into overtime with Nebraska to win, not to just keep pooping on Nebraska, but, Come on. And so my question is, should a potential playoff team be this close 
with a team like Northwestern? And should they even be a top 10 team? I don't know. No doubt they'll, like, they would have lost this game, actually, if uh, Brandon Wimbush was still in. Ian Book is, I think, the reason that they uh, have kind of climbed to this level. He was great in this game. I, I don't actually have any of his stats. Um, but I think he threw for, like, 350 yards. Um, uh, I don't expect this team's luck will run out, most likely until round one of the playoff. Um, but I don't know. I know I say this every week, and I just am chronically hating on Notre Dame, but I don't think the committee should put them there because I think everybody expects that they'll they'll just lose in like dramatically in the first round. Uh, but of course they'll they'll be ranked because it's it's good for the sport, I guess, to have Notre Dame up there. And as you told me last year, it's Notre Dame. <laughs> you know? That was a good impersonation of me. That's basically that was... how I sound all the time. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Northwestern, uh, you know, if you think Dane Holgerson scrappy, Northwestern scrappy, <laughs> those Wildcats, not exactly um, the same sort of scrappy. But, uh, I mean, I, a lot of people had picked this, had picked Northwestern in the upset. Um, and so uh, Notre Dame controlled the game kind of from the get-go. Northwestern can be like playing Vanderbilt, you know, do we really need to play football? I guess so. I don't know. We are playing football. Okay. Here we go. You know, I mean, they're better than Vandy, but it's, this feels like the Vandy of the of the Big Ten. Uh, they so, are so, so the Big Ten West, okay. East, leader, uh, whatever. Well, that's embarrassing, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. You just kind of – you can go into a game at uh, Northwestern a little sleepy, is my point. Yeah. Um, and so, and they play tough defense, and not, they're not going to do anything flashy, but it can be a tough out. So, here's the thing: you you win the games you're supposed to win, you're going to be in. And so sure. Notre Dame just continues to do that. And I mean, they, Michigan could jump on my guess, but Notre Dame and Michigan played, and Notre Dame won. So. Uh, the other thing, I mean, Notre Dame's the sort of team that's going to play to the level of their competition. So they're going to get up for a Michigan game. They're going to play down to the to the level of a Northwestern. So, I don't know. It was about what one might expect, which is All right. disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Notre Dame. I think I picked Northwestern to win this one, but I think it was more wishful thinking on my part. Or maybe I picked Notre Dame just because I love the idea of uh, number one Alabama playing against number four Notre Dame in the first round of the playoff. I would, I would be fine with that. Yeah, no, me too. All right. Then we had Penn State uh, going against Michigan. No, this was at Michigan. So Penn State was 14. Michigan was ranked number five. Final score here, 42-7 to Michigan. Whoa. Did Michigan just get – legit holy smokes for context here trace mcsorley uh is battling an injury but that doesn't really account for this score uh defensively michigan was just better uh, they had five sacks six tackles for a loss they got two interceptions one from mcsorley one from his backup penn state is definitely not where they thought they'd be at this point in the season or really where, where anyone thought they would be after uh what's his name jim franklin's first year there or his year there last year rather um we thought that they would do pretty well, and they've they've done okay considering uh, 
I guess that we thought it would take them maybe a decade to climb back to, to relevance. But um, I don't know. You could kind of say the same thing about Michigan, though. Uh, this, there was a lot of talk about how this was Harbaugh's make-or-break season this year, and it still might be. We'll see uh, if he can close it out by beating Ohio State. Um, I don't know. This was kind of an impressive, impressive win for Michigan, and – and I do think that Michigan at this point in the season is dramatically better than Notre Dame, which is kind of why I would advocate. I know the committee's listening um, for them to, to hop they, over they, Notre Dame. They still have a few minutes to put in their vote. <laughs> That's true. I'll send this directly <laughs> to them unedited. Um, the, well, one, I love the fact that did you call him Jim. Frank? Jim. Frank, what's his name? First His name. name's James, but uh, James. I love the fact that he just Jim. Said, well, Jimmy. He, I know Jimmy him as Frank, Jim. But, yeah, we're your buds. Hey, Jim. Um, that was great. Just uh, like just, just like Trace McSorley is Pat. We call him exactly. Pat. Oh, yeah, I call him Pat. Yeah, for sure. At least Jim is related to James. That's true. Pat and Trace, I'm not sure how that's related. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the expectation with James Franklin and Penn State. He's kind of a local guy, you know. And last night I was in the car and I listened to local sports radio on the car. And so it's Philly sports where I am in this part of New Jersey is what happens to come on the station. Sure. And they're, they're, talk- they're supposed to be talking about pro sports, but Penn State came up in the blowout against uh, Michigan. And this one, uh, this one radio host was just going off on james franklin and he just kept saying he's a fraud everyone's like hey chill out he's like nope he's a fraud so maybe james franklin is a fraud i don't know but it was a it was <laughs> definitely i mean it was so intense but it was definitely a blowout for michigan i think uh trace i have to think every time i say his name it's like well, he likes like, to be called fat yeah, he does you know it's his closest circle of friends trace mcsorley um yeah, with him being injured, everything kind of runs through him. You don't have a Saquon Barkley back there to make up for anything if he's hobbled or slow or not on point. And so if, if he's not, and then you're playing a defense that is as good as Michigan's, this is the, this is the result. Um, and so, yeah, Michigan, definitely a big statement win uh, against a somewhat hobbled Penn State, but still they did what they were supposed to do in a much more impressive fashion, as you said, than Notre Dame. So... Yeah, I mean, Michigan's definitely on the rise. I think they're a legit contender. Uh, we'll see what happens against Ohio State and then the Big Ten Championship if they make it there. So, yeah, I think Michigan, uh, especially with that defense, is the sort of team that could give Alabama a run for their money if they're playing at a high level. All right. Then I think we talked a little bit about number 20 rank, 20th ranked Texas A&M playing at Auburn. Auburn was favored in this game by five. They don't quite cover that, but they do end up winning this 28-24. to 24. I'm not really sure I saw that coming. I kind of lost some faith in Auburn. <laughs> but um, anyway, so Auburn gets the win. Good on them. Uh, there's some thinking that maybe things are starting to click for Auburn, as they seem to do every year in the lead-up to the Iron Bowl. They can, you know, be trash the whole season, but the last three weeks of the, the year, they're like, oh, yeah, we remember how to play this. And, uh, trash. you know, um, you toss those records right before the Iron Bowl. So I think, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, 
you know, I saw this and Auburn came back to win the game. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to get all this momentum leading up to Alabama. And it's going to be uh, – they're going to be up for it. And it's going to be crazy and it'll be a close game. And then I thought, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We just previewed that game. Yeah. We don't so have to do it, it in a few weeks. There it is. Um, and the reason is, you know, looking at this, this week they play at Georgia. They play at Alabama. And the only – I think they would have some of that magic if they were playing at home and that crowd and all those sort of things. But I think with Auburn going on the road against both Georgia and Alabama, I don't see that same magic happening. Um, to be able to come back if they're down big uh, against an Alabama or Georgia. So, I don't know. It was a little concerning. And then I had a conversation with myself and said, self, (laughs) they're not at home. Uh, So now I feel a lot better about the game. You know, of course, we'll probably get to the game and Auburn go up 21-0 real quick. and we'll go. Without a doubt. So we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see if Texas A&M stays in the top 24. Five. I think the AP put them at twenty four after this loss. Uh, but I, it would be okay. It, it would be my pre- preference for them to stay in the top twenty five. Um, UAB actually plays them not this weekend but next weekend, and I'd like it better for Texas A M's fall from grace to come at the hands of the Blazers uh, in College Station on the regular ESPN at prime time. I don't know if you knew that, but. I did not, but now UAB I do. is playing Texas A&M in prime time, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing I was going to say is it was really impressive that Auburn came back to win that game um, with the way that things have been going for them to get down and still have uh, even I don't know the energy, the attitude, the whatever to to stick it out and persevere and come back and win the game was pretty impressive. But sure, they've been holding um, to it while they can because it's not going to happen. Yeah, ESPN has uh, like that win probability predictor. Yeah. Uh, and so, if, actually, if you go and look at this game, with like two and a half minutes left, Texas A&M was expected to win this. They had like a ninety-one percent chance of winning this game. Um, but uh, yeah, Auburn That's did come back and win it. That's embarrassing. Yep. All right, and then we had. University of Texas, San Antonio, playing at UAB. UAB was a 21.5-point favorite. They won this game 52-3. to This was a great game. UAB nearly covered the spread at the end of the first uh, quarter, and UTSA didn't score any points after the first quarter. So, uh, you know, can't really hope for a better game than that. Uh, sorry, UTSA. What happens? What All right. Now, are you ready to talk week 11? Oh, yeah. Week 11 preview. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. All right. So, we have number one, Alabama. A 25-point favorite against Mississippi State. This is a 3.30 p.m. game. You can catch it on CBS. Um, I don't know. Alabama's playing away from Tuscaloosa, but other than that, I don't see much in this game that would go in Mississippi State's favor. We've talked a little bit this year about Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, doesn't seem to be a particularly uh, great through the air, so 
I don't know. Alabama's run defense is really good. I, I don't know. 25 points actually might be too low for this spread. Um, I think maybe Mississippi State puts up like 10 points. Alabama wins this 42 to 10. Yeah. I don't see this being very close. But I think this game is at Alabama. Oh, really? Yeah, which makes it even Ow. All right. more, more of a blowout. Let's say 42 to 7. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I mean, if this game, I mean, if, if we were at Mississippi State, they could have a cool atmosphere, you know, have the noise, miscommunication happen, maybe knock a couple points off of that. But with it being at Alabama and Nick Fitzgerald not being great through the air, Alabama's run defense suddenly stepping up. Um, and Mississippi State does have a good defense, but I, I mean, I, don't know, I think Alabama covers a spread. I think they win something like 48 to 10. All right. So we are in agreement on that one. Then we have Auburn playing in a rivalry game against number six-ranked Georgia. Georgia's still a two-touchdown favorite. This is a 7 p.m. game on ESPN. They are playing at Georgia, right? Yes, you mentioned that earlier. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't see it being uh, too much of – a struggle for Georgia. I mean, it's a rivalry game, but again, it's at Georgia, and so I think it might be close for a while, then Georgia will pull away, uh, and I think they win uh, by a couple touchdowns, at 31-17, something like that. All right. I have the game at 28-6, to so wow. uh, Auburn winning, of course. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, And then I'm going to talk – about FSU playing at number fourth ranked Notre Dame. Notre Dame, 17 and a half point favorite. This is a 7.30 p.m. game. You guessed it on NBC. So I bring this up mostly because, <laughs> as I've made quite clear, I consider every game uh, with Notre Dame to be losable for them. Also, because there was some news out of FSU this week that Willie Taggart will turn play calling over to his offensive coordinator. So, uh, we could have actually defined this. So, I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know if this was step one and Willie Taggart being like, you know what, I'm not good for this job, I'm stepping down. Offensive coordinator is going to take it from here on in. But, apparently this is very common. Most head coaches do not call uh, the plays themselves. So I guess he was just trying to do it because he has experience doing that at other schools. But uh, I don't know. Talking to some FSU fans, they seem to think that this was uh, a good move and might reinvigorate the Knowles the here. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just it's a lot for a head coach to handle to manage the entire team and all that kind of stuff. And then in the game, have to make the play calls uh, kind of live there with what you're doing. Your focus has to be solely on that, and so you can kind of lose uh, managing the other pieces. So usually offensive coordinators do call the game. Now there are a few head coaches who still call the plays, and uh, not only kind of when they first make the transition, but continue to. But you see this a good amount. Like eventually a head coach is like, okay, I just need to hand this off. Uh, so he does. Now it, it's probably a positive sign that they'll get better, but it's a negative sign in that it was bad enough to where a head coach decided he had to, you know, hand off the responsibility to someone else. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Willie Taggart's first year, not the greatest at Florida State. Um, but 
I, I guess technically this is a losable game for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Because um, <laughs> they all are. Right. Yep. But uh, I think Notre Dame wins, and I think they win handily. They win by 24. I'll say. Wow. I'll say something like 48. We'll just say double it up, 48-24. All right. I have 28-21. Notre Dame so I do have them winning but uh all right let's talk number 10 number 10th ranked Ohio State a little over a field goal favorite against Michigan State noon game on Fox so Michigan State has not been great uh but Ohio State has also not been great so we were joking and we didn't review this game because I don't know it's a little depressing uh, even though I'm not at all an Ohio State fan. But Ohio State played Nebraska this past weekend and really barely pulled it out against them, despite the fact that they were playing at home. They decided to do a blackout game for going against Nebraska. I don't know if these things were set in advance, but Nebraska didn't really seem like the sort of team that you would need to do that for. Uh, it but... seems like you should be able to call it off. You know, <laughs> like, like hey guys, before the season, kind of looked like this is going to be cool, but it's totally not. Let's <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. Anyway, uh, but now that they've already pulled out, or they they kind of like blew that special event for that game. I guess they're playing away from home here, but I don't know what special things are going to do to mark this game. And since they're only a field goal favorite, this this feels like they could lose here too. They've been, I don't know, unpredictable, really. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you know who else who hasn't been playing well and not looked impressive is Nebraska. They look pretty impressive (laughs) against Ohio State. So, I I mean, I think Ohio State loses this game. Do you? I think Michigan State will be up for it. Um, It's at Michigan State. They'll have most likely the slanting C in their favor. Absolutely. Um, And so I'll take Michigan State, and I'll take them by 10. Really? All right. Oh, yeah. 24-14. Spartans pull it out. All right. I have Ohio State winning but not covering 31-28. to Then we have, uh, I think, our only ranked against ranked matchup of the weekend, uh, at least as far as these rankings are concerned. This all stands to change when the College Football Playoff Committee announces their new rankings in about an hour. Um, but this is number two ranked Clemson playing against number two, 22 ranked Boston College, uh, Clemson is a 20-point favorite. So Boston College playing at home as a home dog here. This is probably Clemson's only real roadblock to uh, the college football playoff. Uh, All the other teams might have more significant games on their schedule. Boston College has looked kind of good at certain points but they're nowhere near on the level of Clemson. I think 20 points is a is a fair spread to put on this one. I think 42 to 20 is the score I see happening here. Yeah, I think that's about right. I'll take it 48-14 Clemson. All right. And then finally, we have Southern Miss playing at currently unranked UAB. UAB a 12-point favorite here. This is a rivalry game, but it is played at Legion Field. This is a 7.30 a 7.30 game on BN. 7.30 game on BN Sports. 
So uh, this game is significant for a few reasons. First of all, it's a UAB game, so they're all significant. But also, if UAB wins this game, that means that they are definitely going to be uh, the Conference USA West champs. Uh, and it also means that uh, the Conference USA championship will be played uh, on UAB's home turf in Birmingham at Legion Field. And UAB does Ooh. not lose games at Legion Field, which is why this game will be a blowout. 40,000 to forfeit. I don't know. That seems about right to me. Yeah, I'll take the Blazers uh, 34-21. Oh, okay. So they don't cover. Oh, wait, they do cover. Sorry. I didn't do my math well. All right. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Ye of little <laughs> that, faith. That, that's fine. You just have them winning and covering the spread. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's all the games I have to talk about. You you got any ones you want to talk about? Nothing. Then let's wrap this up. All right. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and any number of other places. Uh, please rate and review us. It really helps with our rankings. But until next week, I will catch you later. Check you later. Peace out, y'all.